The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Warning, 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 warning. This show may inspire you, make you think, make you catch a vibe, make you feel a way. Let's Let's talk talk about it. it. What's good, y'all? How you feeling? How you feeling, A? I'm feeling smooth right now. Um, what is it? Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm, <laughs> right? It's getting that way. It's getting that way. But yeah, it's it's Sunday. It's Sunday. Yeah, I'm feeling smooth. Second week of the, you know, my second semester, starting tomorrow. My first, you know, experience with Monday classes will be tomorrow. So right now, I'm smooth. Trying to, trying to just stay smooth. <laughs> honestly, um, yo, it's like, <laughs> it's like. Oh, I got an analogy for everything. We got an analogy for everything, but it's like the but like the butter in the, in the thing. Like you know how you try to cut it like to where it's smooth, and you're like, damn, now I gotta take an extra piece. Yo, to yeah. make it like you know what I mean. So like keeping it smooth, it's already smooth, but like you're trying to keep it smooth. <laughs> Every <laughs> le- <laughs> Not the butter, man. How how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm um, I'm good. Like low key day today, a Sunday. Um, didn't do a lot of, uh, like didn't, didn't have a lot of external stuff bothering me or, or, or a- uh, access to me. So just, you know what I mean? Kicked it around the house, cleaned up, uh, mm-hmm. keep my hair growing out. So the lineup is tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, the curls. the curls is coming through. And if you request, like <laughs> listeners request, I will po- show the curls oh, snap. on the page. I will oh. do it. Oh snap! On the page. On the page with the with the African oil in it. <laughs> with the African what? <laughs> I got this African oil. It shines me up. Oh my goodness! I'm the worst. Oh goodness. <laughs> Where we at? What are we talking about today? Today, a very needed um topic, like every other topic we've had thus far. But today's topic is youth mental health. Mm-hmm. One of I my mean, favorites. Go ahead. Only because because one like. Focus on the youth is one of my like mm-hmm. internal mantras. Focus on the youth, and two, uh, I have, I have done just that, and a lot of my uh, non-athletic and athletic experience um, in my prof- in my professional life in my career is uh, focused on youth. So like youth development and all that stuff is 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 what I'm big on, and I I contributed to my my upbringing and and what I went through and what I've seen people go through. So this one is is one of my like favorites to touch upon. That's amazing. Yeah. I think it's amazing for like obviously, especially for you because I've you know um, been able to see the work that you've done with youth, that you do with youth, and how much you care about it and the passion that you bring um, when working with the youth. And it's like we again, it's another thing that we talk about the youth, the youth of the future, and things like that. But like, what are we doing um, to make sure they're prepared for mm-hmm. the future? The preparation. Um, yeah, the preparation, and obviously, it starts with us. Um, but like they need more space. They they need they need to be in, involved in more conversations. We need to create more com- conversations that um, pertain to them. Um, 
But yeah, let's just get into it. <laughs> Go for it. Let's get all right. into it. All right, where are you going? Lead us. Lead us. All right, I want to give the audience somewhat of my my experience of growing up. Um, it wasn't easy. I, I think you guys kind of heard a little bit about that in the last episode, kind of my household growing up the middle of seven children, being raised by my grandmother with um, who had had a seventh, who has, my grandmother's still alive. What up, Nana? Um, has a seventh grade education and what comes with that, right? Like we talked about low income. Mm. We talk about <laughs> being black, um, all of these things. And when I look back, I realize, and this is a lot of what I'm speaking on is in retrospect. It's not so much that I realized it at the time. Um, and, and although I may have realized or been able to identify like mm, something feels offish, um, now in retrospect, I have the language around it to communicate what I was experiencing, if that makes sense. Perfect um, sense. So, yeah, growing up, I, I realized I struggled with a lot of anxiety, um, possibly depression, but sometimes anxiety can look like depression. Depression can look like anxiety. Um but a, a lot of anxiety, not knowing what was next. Mm. Um, and and I'm, I'm just going to speak for more of the, just the low income aspect, just not knowing sometimes where your next meal is going to come from. Um, and, and that's expected right now. Nowadays, we glorify the struggle. So <sighs> we glorify it like, yeah, I was down and out. Like I was from the projects. It's like I'm, I'm repping Moody Street all day, <laughs> Moody Projects all day. However, um, it, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it, it wasn't nice if I had if. If I had, you know, a wish, I would I wish we weren't there. I'm, I'm very thankful for the experiences. Um, but also and I, and I can't say that I'd, I wish that never happened, but I just feel like I could have been better off elsewhere. Um, but again, just experiencing a lot of anxiety symptoms um, in the classroom. At oh, home. But, but real quick, it, yeah. it, it reminds me. It reminds me of, of a Drake line where he says, uh, "Take the good with the bad. I'll take it without." Like it's cool, but yeah. you know, if you, if you give me the option, I'll take it without. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Like I again, like glorifying the struggle. I get it because it's definitely made me who I am. The street smarts that allowed me to access a lot of things. However, um, what I realized looking back is that I had people in my life that I they never said, "Hey, you're struggling with this mentally," or like it's a mental your mental health or mental illness. It's just like you're acting out. You know, I would act out sometimes, whether it's getting detention, getting expelled from school, and things like that. And it's like. I'm just acting out, but no one, including myself, was able to identify what was really going on and what was the support that I needed um, outside of the norm and the norm being school, the norm being, you know, my family or, you know, friends in the projects and things like that. And, and no one, no one talked about mental health. No, I didn't see, a, you know, a therapist until I was an adult and I desperately needed it as a child desperately needed someone with the education and unbiased opinion to talk to me about what I was experiencing and to let me know what I was experiencing so I didn't feel as crazy as I felt um so yeah just a lot of that and 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 I I wasn't like a bad kid actually um my siblings referred to me being the middle child like I was like the goody two shoes I was pretty quiet um always sweet to my grandma I love my grandmother to death I love my siblings to death so I wasn't acting out at home not cursing and things like that but it was more in school where I was like why am I doing this um why do I feel like this why do I feel like you know not as smart as um my counterparts why do I feel like I really don't have to do this this is just another thing that makes me feel trapped in a box um so school was very difficult for me academically just socially um and all things that come with childhood 
right? So I, I from the ages from uh, nine till I'll say about eighteen, nineteen, honestly, adolescence, I was just wilding. And then of course came sports, basketball that I found to to carry me through and to grant me access to things that kids don't like me. <laughs> kids like me don't really like. They really get to see it. And whether that's college, whether that's um, just going to restaurants to meet up with coaches, all of those things. And uh, as as small as those things sound now, like being a kid from the projects and, you know, a high school coach or wants to take you to Uno's <laughs> and sit mm-hmm. down and talk to you about um, your athletic ability. That was huge. That was yeah. huge. Just just acknowledgement. <laughs> right. The acknowledgement was was providing me with some type of mental health stability if that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, just struggling a lot with anxiety. And I, I had the support as far as like people being around me. Um, but I get, I, I have to say that like no one was talking about the thing that needed to be talked about, like in so many other black families, like we're hurting. And this is like normalized. This yeah. is normalized that yeah. I behave this way, that my siblings behave this way, that my friends behave this way. Um, but it didn't feel good. It did not feel good. And again, like guidance counselors, I had some terrible guidance counselors. Let me just tell you that. And by terrible, I mean, you guys, you guys were not giving me the attention that was clearly needed. Um, and I feel like with the youth, they don't know what they need. <laughs> I didn't know what I needed. Right. And that's a responsibility of being an adult. It is to, to provide the youth with the support they need, whether and not so much if you've given birth or if you're raising children, but if, if the youth are in your environment, it is your responsibility as an adult to support them. Um, yeah, and I it's like takes a village isn't just something that was put on a, a bumper sticker, dog. Right. Like it, 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 youth need everyone in their environment that is uh, that is an adult to contribute to their development. Absolutely. And uh, I have to call them out at this point. Um and I speak a lot about that on Instagram, kind of like never underestimate the influence that you provide to the youth. Never underestimate that because they're watching. They're watching you. Yeah. And, and uh, sorry to, to, to interrupt. No, go um, ahead. And to, to speak to we don't know what we need. That's not even just an opinion. Um, Like youth, adolescence, uh, teenage years, we they even like chemically they they think different you know what i mean like the the, the right. frontal lobe doesn't develop fully develop till 25 and you exactly. you so like the the part where you use your your thinking <laughs> you know what i mean so you literally the smartest of the smart yo uh right. young person needs adults to support what they what they don't know adults to support and guide um their development is necessary it's it's so important and I just thought back, I had a flashback when you said that to my sister came to visit me in Chicago um, more recently, my older sister who has a daughter and she was talking to her daughter on the phone and her daughter did something that my sister disagreed, my niece did something my sister disagreed with and my sister like was, you know, verbally disciplining her over the phone and my sister said to her, I know you don't understand this, but it is my job to keep you safe and to guide you. It's not so mm. much that like I feel like doing this or that like I want it. it is my job. This is mm. my responsibility. And I'll never forget that. And I didn't even tell her how much like I just appreciated her um, saying that because, again, she had a very similar childhood. and She's older than me. So I can only imagine what she was going through being more aware, um, her brain being even more developed than mine. So she's taking a lot more in mm-hmm. and way more memories. Um, but, yeah, kind of just to wrap up my childhood, 
I had very troubled childhood, you know, at, at, at 19, or I think, I don't know, I was 8, 17, 18, I don't know, I got expelled from school. Um, I was debating on, like, should I just work at KFC my whole life? You know, I, honestly, I'll never forget at the computer in my home, just like, what should I do? At this point, we had to move out to projects and, and, you know, submitted this highlight tape with this guy, Chris Driscoll, shout out to him, um, who got me into sports and made a highlight tape, sent it to a school in Kansas. They said, he we'll take you like because again I was an amazing athlete at the time and they couldn't <laughs> nice. understand yeah they nice. couldn't understand <laughs> what yeah I was nice they couldn't understand like what well, you want to come to our school um <laughs> it was community college in Kansas and prior to the expel um being expelled I had like division one offers you know I had schools coming to see me but I lost it all um just being that kid that's struggling you know with lack of support and lack of awareness so uh, <laughs> what happened was they hit me up and said, you know, what, we'll take you. And I had money left over um, from working KFC throughout my teenage years. And I bought a one-way ticket. I didn't tell too many people. But um, besides Chris, and I told my grandma a few days before I left that I was going to Kansas. Wow, wow, never wow. visited. Never visited in my life. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget. Kiss my grandma goodbye that day. Chris, uh, my mentor, waiting in my driveway. I had, I think, a bag, <laughs> a bag or two of clothes. I didn't have much of the time. Went to Kansas, stayed there for two years, was able to play junior, um, you know, junior college level. Got my name out there without all the Asia got expelled. Got offered a Division One scholarship from Kansas. Went to Pennsylvania, played, won a championship, made school history, played on ESPN. Um, and, and that's just pure perseverance. I can't. <laughs> that's just pure perseverance. That like, I was passed down from my grandmother. Just me observing my grandmother. Just like her being stronger than anyone I know Mm -hmm. um it was perseverance but like I was constantly having to overcome what I was dealing with mentally to get to that point and I can only imagine where I would have been had I had a support system that acknowledged how important mental health was yes 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 it I mean the resilience the resilience is is um clear in that story and you know as a part of the the development but you know it's it's like i don't like (laughs) i don't like how someone might take that story and say see resilience (laughs) is good like no resilience is good because of you know what i mean like no it's it's, like i don't it's 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 not even chicken or, or the egg you just you won't need one if the other is all set Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's good to have insurance only <laughs> if you get into an accident. Absolutely. Like, I don't I don't want to have to carry around all of these street smarts to get through life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, street smarts is great. I love it. However, what I had to go through to gain the street smarts, like, I still have those scars um, that help that prevent me from getting additional scars. But again, I still have those scars. I still have those things that I'm continuing trying to heal. Um, but yeah, so (laughs) that's, that's my childhood, kind of like the fast version. Um, and I, again, Spalding, Spalding was like my therapist. Thank you. Spalding was my therapist. My, that man. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I would, man, I, Spalding heard a lot, heard a lot of like (laughs) a lot of things. Like, you know, I just. After a rough day, you know, or conversation or being disciplined at school or in home, it's like it's just me and Spalding. And, I, and I'm talking out loud at this point, shooting shots, you know, doing it. And I never attended a camp. And I'm, I'm proud to say that 
I've mm. never attended a camp. Um, so again, perseverance. Like I, I'm going Division One. I. I don't. I don't have the money for camp. There's no such thing in the projects. Like who's going mm-hmm. to camp? Adidas, Nike. Um, straight perseverance. And I'm not saying that. I'm not glorifying um, that I had to go through that. I'm glorifying the fact that like I got out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to tell the tale, like to tell the story, so that the work can be done prior. Like. I, I, we use a lot of references and analogies, but Jay-Z said, like, Jay-Z went through that, so you ain't got to go through that. Like, I all experienced or had to experience. I mean, I didn't raise my hand, but I right. experienced it. I'm aware, blessed enough, lucky enough to be aware of it at this point so that my duty, my responsibility, like your sister, my responsibility is to, is to protect those that are not in a position to understand which are the youth, every single one. That was t- perfect breakdown. <laughs> a well, perfect breakdown <laughs> i mean like for me i, I don't know uh, if i could jump in yeah absolutely for, for me you know this this runs deep youth development runs deep that's just the the word that was created so that you can google it on the internet <laughs> youth development is really just the responsibility like asia said the responsibility to um support and, and and secure and make young people safe so that they can grow and thrive into adulthood mm-hmm. and for me like it's 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 a little different funny how both of our stories have an expulsion <laughs> involved <laughs> even though you know coming coming from from uh my my hometown coming from my childhood uh shout out to mark and my mom though for for listening to last week i definitely um, said some stuff about my childhood and didn't clear it with them. So when I got that Facebook message from my brother, man, I was like, do I want to scroll all the way to the bottom? But, um, uh, <laughs> you know, shout out to them though, for the support for tuning in. Yeah. Word. Um, <laughs> and so I had, I had sports was, was the thing off top, right. you know, and I didn't know anything else. I didn't know to think of anything else. Right. And it was for me and my brother, because my brother actually sports was his way out, not physically, but he got um he got a scholarship through through a um an internship. Um he got an internship with an NFL team. He wanted to go do sports management um in college. And so he we had to both, you know, finesse. We had to finesse and finesse and finesse right. using sports. So Again, I, I grew up to a two-parent household, one older brother, and we didn't have much. I didn't even compare, but, like, comparing, we didn't have much, um, but we had enough. Like, everybody was cool, and I just wanted to share it. Like, for right. me, I just wanted to share it out. Um, not for because we had more, but because when I was young, I, w- I learned through, like, connection, human connection and, and observation. And right. so I always wanted to have that around me. So I was always willing to, you know, use what I had. And there's a story my mom says all the time. If if, if uh, it's your first time meeting her and, and you're close to me, she'll say, and Mario used to always take the Capri Suns outside <laughs> and give them out. And I, he didn't even know. Like, we I, we budgeted for the Capri Suns. And we, we, <laughs> like, at least tell me for you take the Capri Suns out. And I'm like, Mom, we got them and we playing out. Like, I told everybody to come over here so we can hoop. So, like, shit, I got to – I got to – Get the people drinks if they're going to stay over here. Right, shit. (laughs) Um, So, 
that was kind of like that was how I developed. I I I I took to the streets um because you know, in my house it was it was sheltered. Uh it, it was it was sheltered for me to focus on sports or focus on, you know what I mean, don't get me wrong like academics, but focus on sports and academics through sports to to have a life, sustain a life. Right. So I needed I needed to learn um outside of the, uh, of the home um to to make that happen. I had I needed my friends and we like I, like I said last episode, we had a lot of talented to uh I had a lot of talented friends, man, and and so I found out quick that like out of all the talented friends, like I was I was better than them. Right. <laughs> So, you know, and my dad found out, too, and that's kind of where it just was it was hyper focused. Like my my childhood was um, clowning every opportunity I got until my dad hit me up and would say, yo, it's time to go work out, on, work out. It's time to go mm-hmm. and, and work out at the time it was like, go find a field and go go catch passes. And, and my dad was like, you know, as I learned more and more about my childhood and 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 I'll um, explain more about the dynamic between my father and I um currently uh but until until you know what i mean <laughs> y'all hit me up or hit up the talk about it page i'll leave that to that um it was it was really like he would make shit up <laughs> just to get motivate motivate me to do it mm-hmm. to 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 not you know take take uh sports lightly because it really was the only way i was getting out of little old e-course which is mm-hmm. the 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 small school in in Southwest Detroit with no accreditation? Whose uh, my graduating class was fifty four students, and that was considered a big class for eCourse. The two thousand and three wow. class was twenty six students, and that was considered big at the time. You know what I mean? Like we right. two thousand four was a shining class with fifty four students. Started out with like eighty and fit, finished with fifty four, and like was a proud moment. Because we didn't have right. a, a bunch of kids dropping off. Like, this is the environment. So, like, mm-hmm. off top. So, my dad was hip. Um, he didn't He didn't let me know. He just let me know that, like, you better work if you agreed. Because he asked me after he let me play. He let me play. Which, <laughs> I mean, so I played baseball first. My dad played football. He got hurt. I was smaller. He said, just stick to baseball. Uh, I, was, I had Barry Sanders growing up. Uh, it was the Detroit Lions. He's the reason why I play football. The way he played the the position, the sport was so fun to watch that I, that's what I was doing. I was cutting up kids outside on the concrete. I'm like, <laughs> look, pops, I need to do this with pads on so I can be like Barry Sanders and them dudes on on, on, the, on the college teams. And he's like, nah, 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 Drake voice. And <laughs> and then one day, I'll never forget this day. I was in my room. Me and my brother shared a room. I don't know what he was doing and how I had to, was able to watch the TV without him hogging it with video games, but it was no video games playing and it was a um, uh, youth league football game and they were playing at the Silverdome, which is where the Lions played, and it was kids and they, it was like locally broadcast, and I'm like, Dad, come here, like these kids is playing with Barry Sanders play, like I want to play. This is a uh, I'm in sixth grade at this point, <laughs> so he's like, All right. Um, and so I, um, that next year, uh, E-Course, the middle school, got their first 7th and 8th grade football team before you just had to play in the uh, PAL League, the Police Athletic League, you know what I mean? Like, that's where everybody plays, kind of like Pop Warner or whatever. Yeah. But, so my dad, like, I missed all of that. So, like, while my friends playing uh, PAL, like, 
my dad, I'm playing baseball and I'm just groomed. So I was doing a bunch of extra shit for baseball. Like it was, it never right. stopped just because it was football. <laughs> it never. So I was doing extra mm-hmm. shit for baseball. You feel me? Um, and which which came 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 around. Like I I was able to uh, play high school baseball and run track at the same time. Just crazy shit that I developed and learned through like this weird ass discipline that my dad instilled in me for the sake of his like lack of ability to let us know that we wasn't going to be able to do nothing without this sport, without right. sports. Without the transparent. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he was not letting us know. He just was like, you better do this. And it came out in, in anger and like, you know, but whatever, like mm-hmm. we did it and we, and we, and that's how I, I grew up learning. So, um, I like one, another, another vivid memory for me is you know we we had a basement because um, I don't know like being on the East Coast I, I I miss basements but we had a basement and we had an old mattress my dad uh, had we had an old mattress downstairs we put a mattress down and I would like catch like regular passes and then like he would make me practice diving catches like you have to be like wow. exceptional like he was like you <laughs> to earn a scholarship you have to be exceptional so like this is what I'm doing. So you know what I'm saying? It's crazy, right? So like these are things I'm learning as I'm growing up. Like I'm 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 observing and learning. Um and also like the blind spots. It created mad blind spots because I thought, you know what I mean? Like this is the only thing that's gonna do mm-hmm. like I started to pick up on that. Like just the only value that I'll have to create. Really. Mm-hmm. It, it it came up over time. And, and like Asia said, this is all re- retrospective. But at the time I'm like, oh, this is me. Football is me because I'm nice and me is football. So mm. Um, yeah, so when my dad said, yeah, and then he, of course, has his first seventh grade team. I go out, I try out, I do my thing. Of course, I make it. And my dad thought I was going to go to the first practice, get my little ass popped up, come home crying, and stick to baseball. That's was, that was what he told me years later. <laughs> but I came home, I was like, Dad, I'm really good. I'm doing, like, it was fun. <laughs> and he was like, okay. Piece. Right, I'm nice. So um, the first game came around, and I was actually better at defense than offense at the time because I was I'm fearless. I was fearless. Main, I don't know if it was if it was because I was told like I was good and I saw I was good, so I was just mm. out there playing or what. But um, my dad came to the game and I was doing well, and he that was the day. The car ride after that first game was the day he asked me. A seventh grader, seventh grader, he asked me, "Do I want to play in college?" And that was yeah. So every free moment I had was spent doing that which probably (laughs) which probably turned into why when i got to school because i was like my dad had a thing he he made up two things eh? a so the first one was he said like when you're a professional professionals like he said he said professional receivers only drop one out of every 20 passes they they catch like made this stat up i don't know i believe them but made this stat up right so i'm like okay so like we will practice it was weird, this thing in our household, the 1 in 20. He was like, 1 in 20, 1 in 20. So, like, when we were working out in the basement or wherever, if I had dropped 2 within 20, the count started over. And we, you know what I mean, we were doing, like, we were doing our count, wow. 1 in 20. So, but, like, imagine this from 7th grade until 12th grade. Okay, so, like, and the second thing he said was, you have to prepare in the current year to to be like the next the next year. So as a, so, a mm-hmm. freshman, you got to be as good as all the sophomores. Absolutely. As a sophomore, you got to be as good as all the juniors. As a junior, you got to be as good as all the seniors. As a senior, you got to be college ready. Step ahead. A step ahead. And I <laughs> like if you know me at all, if you heard me or A talk <laughs> at the same time, you know what we feel about being ahead. Man. And so and, and and I know like we're, we're saying the same thing in different stories about this resilience that we had to that keeps you a step ahead, right? Um, so, uh, 
you know, like my freshman year, I'm at E-Course. Uh, no, so seventh grade, I do my thing at E-Course. My dad's like, yeah, let's do this. Um, so he puts me in a private school in eighth grade. I said this a, a couple episodes back. Um, it's Detroit Country Day. Shout out, got, still got some friends from there. But um, it was I was one or two black kids in, in the middle school. And this is the most one of the most prestigious schools in the country. Uh, I was there on – they give out athletic scholarships. So I was there on athletic scholarship. Wow. Uh, yeah. And um, actually the two kids in eighth grade that were on athletic scholarships wasn't me and the other black kid. It was me and this white kid named Brent. And he was like – uh, Michigan has has a very like strong like um, poor white culture, so he was like one of them poor white kids. Mm-hmm. So we actually, you know, what I'm saying he and I connected. I wasn't that cool with the other black kid, uh, but uh, so I, I just wasn't vibing there. Like, and I I bought out my eighth grade year. I did great, and I, I actually um got to play some some uh, JV games as an eighth grader. So all this stuff is happening, but I didn't mesh. So um, my dad pulled I pulled myself out of there, like acting up, and you know what I mean. Right. And uh, so I end up going to E-Course my ninth grade year, um, and it's just trash. Like, E-Course hasn't won a football game. At this time, E-Course hadn't won a football game in two years. So I go, and we keep that streak alive. <laughs> and, you know what I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shining spot in a, in a, in a dark room. Mm-hmm. But, like, my dad knows, being a, a former Division One athlete, that's not enough. Right. So – He's like, yo, okay, I'm going to take you out. He puts me in the Catholic League. Uh, we go to Warren D. LaSalle. Um, and the Catholic League is notorious in the Midwest for having, like, one of the best competitions in the Midwest. And, you know what I mean? You, you play teams from Ohio, whatever, whatever. So I'm, like, geeked. I'm like, okay. There was another kid there um, playing quarterback, black kid, who uh, we saw play and was with the reason why we chose that school because he was a sophomore uh, at the time, I was a freshman at the time, so we would have been like one year apart. But like we'd have built, like you know, what I mean, we we yeah, want to do together, this yeah. thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So little do I know, this this dude transfers to King, uh, one of the Detroit Oof. public schools that like is is a powerhouse. And so I get over there, I'm like, Yo, where's Kevin? <laughs> where's <laughs> Kevin at? And I mean, we stayed cool and all, but like he was like, Yo, I just can't rock with the new head coach. Um, and he was a good dude to me, but I get it. Like he was just he was new, like he was yeah. just a first time coach. So it was like. His pops, you know what I'm saying? I told you, like, Michigan, you use it to get out. So his pops pulled him like, yo, nah, we ain't got time to wait for this coach to, to get better. Like, we right. got to go where where the money's at. So I end up staying because I can't transfer twice. It's too late. Again, this is an all-boys Catholic school, anti-hood, like anti-the-hood for real. Mm-hmm. Like, all boys. <laughs> all yeah. boys. Like, okay. You had to wear a tie? I had, had to wear a tie. Oh, mm-hmm. uniformed up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is the experience, and I actually get, that's where I got expelled out of because you just can't trust them. You some you just can't trust them. That's all I'm gonna say. Already, you you just can't trust them, and they got me out before I got them out. You feel what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and I'll I'll never forget this. Um, so they they have the day I got expelled. They, they I, I come in in the morning. They pull me in. They I'm in the office. Blah 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 blah. I'm crying in there like they done broke me down. Like I'm at mm-hmm. first I'm like hard exterior. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Like y'all wilding. Whatever. 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 So they they break me down because I'm like yo y'all really gonna keep keep coming at my neck with this falsehood. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. That's a part of like my whole character. Like don't tell me I'm lying. Because right. if I wanted to lie, you I wouldn't be in this office. <laughs> like if right. I'm lying, like I'm skating. So, like, I purposely, like, try not to lie. So, um, my mom, like, finally, like, my mom gets word of it, and and, and she comes in, and she's like, yo, 
He's been in here how long? And it's the first time y'all calling me. Like I, oh, I'm mm. like Vicky Hines, hold me down. So they got they kicked me out, but like we was they was gonna take me out anyway. But they kicked me out or whatever. So my name's getting a little thing um, of being a kid that transfers, but also like got kicked out of a school, which I didn't know at the time is a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't right. know that's what the, what was was not good for recruiting. I'm just <laughs> trusting my pops at this right. point. You know what I mean? So I go back to eCourse. My dad's like, look. We not doing this no more. Like we not doing this no more. He not necessarily didn't say he he believed them and, and that he didn't believe me. But he's like, look, you you going for this one? You got it. We gonna just have to make the best out of E course and just bust our ass. And that's what we did. And I went to camps. I did end up going to camps um, because my dad knew it was up, and <laughs> I didn't know what a strain on the family this was. <laughs> Man, yeah, <laughs> you feel me? Like I did Expensive. not know. Like, so my dad was like, and my mom being the person that she is, is just like going with it, mm-hmm. going with it. Cause like my dad is very like not being transparent and like, this is what we got to do. <laughs> they This is what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. he did not want us to, or, or I don't know. I actually don't know his motivation. If, if at this point, uh, knowing more about my childhood, I don't know if it was, he wanted his sons to do it or if he wanted me and Mark to do it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You I mean, feel what yeah. I'm saying? Absolutely. Yep. So, um, I, the camps is what saved me, and my name got out. But uh, I got some D one offers, but um, because of that human connection thing, and that that every moment outside of 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 training, I wanted to 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 be with my friends, and in Detroit and connect with them because I was the same as them outside of this talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but access wasn't the same, opportunity wasn't the same. Um, and I, another another rap lyric that will perfectly describe my situation is uh andre 3000 from uh from throw them d's the remix i don't know if y'all was you know what i'm saying just, just go ahead and google yeah you can or apple music or whatever itunes yep um because that's a banger it is and he says um not a hood uh i don't know i don't know if i want to use the n-word because i don't know who listening i don't trust y'all yet yeah but, no. uh, uh, not a hood <laughs> uh, not a hood dude but a dude from the hood you feel me so like i can run with the hood because i mm-hmm. but, you know what i'm saying the, i didn't i didn't have an opportunity or get the opportunity luckily fortunately mm-hmm. i say to to do the things that that happened in the hood but i was i'm in it from it all that so i'm but like so that caused me that part of me caused me because that's the human connection i'm aware of right. not that the hood called me but the people around me called me and that's where i was at so um my grades just faltered and again at a non-accredited school me doing better than my friends at school was not good enough Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause I wasn't doing my best. I just was doing enough so that we could all relate and be cool and do the thing. Yep. You feel me? So like, I'm starting to lose scholarships. I'm not qualifying. I'm not qualifying and getting in schools. I'm like, see, like all this stuff. Um, and so I was about to go to JUCO until, um, I went to uh, I did this camp. I worked this uh, football camp. Um, that uh was what that I actually attended. Now I was working as a counselor there, and we were traveling around. Uh, me and my homie Dwayne actually. Uh, from the last episode, I shouted out Dwayne. Um, and Robert Morris was one of the stops. Pennsylvania Shout School out. was one of the stops. And they had, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> so get this, though. So they had called me my junior year because I got my first offer um, as a sophomore uh, from University of Toledo because I was doing camps that early. And so this is why I was like kind of like arrogant like that, um, but also willing to, to, to do whatever. So. Uh, Robert Morris calls me my junior year and I'm like 
my dad <laughs> my dad comes in and is like it's uh coach such and such from Robert Morris. I'm like, I don't even know what school that is. So I'll pa- like I didn't take the call. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't take the call because I already had a, a D1 scholarship, and I was like going above. I'm like I'm bi- I'm bigger than bi- than that level of D1. You feel what I'm right. saying? So and I didn't have no no buffering or teaching to the opposite. I really didn't because it was so eyes forward. Like be the best, be the best. So um, yeah, like it comes back around where I'm there. They find they hear that I'm there. I let them know that I'm there. My dad was like, "Yo, do you want to?" You, like they recruited you your junior year. Do you want? I'm like, yes, Dad. Send them the tape. Like I don't have a school to go to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. I don't care. He's like, you right. check the campus out and let me. I'm like, I don't care what the campus looks like. And so yeah, that was I met with the coaches. Yada yada. That's history. But uh, all that, all that to say is that that focused. Like as soon as I got to school, like my need for human connection continued to grow. So. I carried I carried my discipline of 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 working harder than my homies who didn't have league aspirations. I right. did, and I had the talent, but I wanted to rock with my. You know what I'm saying? At then my group, I found a new group because I yearned for human uh, interaction and human connection because of my development as a kid. This is how important it is. So like I had to go through a lot of adulthood lumps because of my my development path as a youth. You know what I'm saying? And I know like it's so concrete at this point retroactively reflectively what was missed in my development it's it's you know how many times do we hear don't look back don't look back keep moving forward but maybe we forgot something maybe we didn't process maybe we didn't process something maybe we weren't even capable of of doing that like we said we mentioned the frontal lobe not being developed um fully developed to the age of 25 maybe we weren't capable of processing these things at the time they occurred so what's wrong with looking back? Sometimes we need to look back. Yeah, yeah. How can you said you said last episode? How like you gotta you got you gotta you gotta at least be aware of where and what created these things. Maybe you can't solve them and, and, and heal in the same spot that it was created, but you gotta be aware of where it was we have created. To be aware of where we have to get to the root. We have to get to the root of these things and how and, and we see we are able to see how these things manifested. But let's get back to the root and let's be honest, honest about the things that we have. And Mario, you're very honest and transparent with your story. And I appreciate that. And I hope the audience pre- appreciates it just as much because it's it's not easy. And as much as he, he, you can just like spit these things out. Right. Like this happened and I was feeling this way. My dad was probably feeling this way. But this is what it was. And. What it takes to be able to, number one, look back, to have the courage to look back, but two, process and identify what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, like, the thing that you you said that stood out, um, you mentioned, you know, them trying to break you in, in that, I don't know, in the office or wherever when you're about to get expelled, right? And they mm-hmm. thought you were lying and things like that. I, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, man, because right then, I, you know, I have a similar story where I was getting ex- well. Actually, I returned back to school. I got expelled for my junior year, and I returned back to school my senior year. And I remember, I'm not going to say your name, but I remember you, the guidance <laughs> counselor at the time. I returned my senior year to high school, and like you guys know, junior year is a very big year for you. And I'm sitting in her office, Asia Olsen. I'm a st- I'm a star. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm a star at this point, and I'm not saying that. I cannot tell you guys enough. I'm not saying that to be like pat me on the back. You don't need that. I pat myself. And I say this just to be like, where's the awareness? 
this lady, this person, <laughs> um, asked me to start filling out applications to a local community college that has no basketball team. You're well aware of my story, see, um, my background, and also speaking to again your story when you said your your dad was like football, football. What we need to do as adults is stop putting kids in a box. Mm-hmm. Provide them with God options. Damn. Yeah. Let them choose. Let let them choose. Provide them with options. It's not about what you think they can do. It's about what they can do. Hmm. And you won't know that until we provide them with the options. Ob- observation is limited. <laughs> right. Limiting. Right. Seriously. Like, it, it, it's a thing where if I don't know the options exist, I will live my the rest of my life like limited options are, only, are the only options. And people... Dare I say, like, there's people now listening. There's people now not listening. There's people, whatever. There's tons of people in the world that have grown into heartache when they are presented with a plethora of options. Stage fright. Like the fear of success, yo. The fear of success because of options, opportunities. They never had to decide. (laughs) Come on. You've only had one option. You've never had to decide. Of course I'm eating ramen, Raymond. Whatever you guys call it, noodles. If that's the only option, but oh, word, y'all offer lobster too? That's the only option. Provide us with options. Mm-hmm. Provide the youth with options. We can't put them in, the, in, in this box of what we think they're capable of. And sometimes they need that guidance, but sometimes we need to expand our, our perspective. <laughs> yes, yes. The, you, can, you can, nobody is saying don't have don't have the best best case what you believe is the best case scenario no one is saying that adults because this is talking to you talking to adults like this will be presented to the youth because asia and i this is what we we walk it like we talk it but adults no one is telling you to put the key give give a newborn some key uh, keys to the car <laughs> nobody is saying that what we're saying is there might be a newborn that can drive <laughs> and <laughs> seriously and so you can be like uh, 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 and have it as an option while you have every other newborn based option you feel what i'm saying like you can do both adults are actually it's your job to do both yeah that analogy just took me <laughs> sorry <laughs> All right, anybody out there that's raising a Matilda, you might have <laughs> a newborn that can drive. But yes, <laughs> that, you may have somebody flipping pancakes on site. But like, if you watch Matilda, you know. What oh, hey, about. yo, we've yeah. been watching Matilda nonstop, Ava. But like, but but seriously, again, we put them in this in this box, and we don't give them the options needed. And another thing that you know, your story the specific part where you said like you're not lying um and but they're looking at you and and not taking all of you in and all of you would be like your background um the things that you you struggle with uh, the things that your strengths your weaknesses all of you and not just what they're seeing right right then and there so they're probably seeing you as a liar um because Mm. the the situation didn't benefit them or it worked against them and when i say to that Shout out my aunt, what I'm about to say to this, is because after I got expelled, I, I was in City Hall, I was at, uh, amongst, you know, the city, I don't even know, the city board, city council, I don't know. There was a board of people, like six or seven people who make the decision. I'm sitting in City Hall with a few other people who are getting suspended, um, expelled, or up for expulsion, but they have lawyers. Um, I hope you guys are listening right now. 
these people who are in the city in city hall with me. They have lawyers. They have money and things like that. And what they said for me, <laughs> what they said about me is that when I went up there to kind of speak my case on like or defend myself, they were very upset with me. My, and this is this came back to me from my aunt, who was friends with some of these people, the police officers in town. They were most upset with me. And the reason why I faced expulsion is because I did not show remorse. Yo. Hold on. Hold on. I always I think about this so, so much as an adult. And I cannot tell you how much that bothers me because it still happens in my adult life where you don't know what I'm experiencing within. Have you ever taken the chance to look beyond what's like happening right now? Um, and my sadness, again, we're talking about perseverance, always pushing through. And it's like the first thing to do when someone's angry is to pro- or upset is to offer them space. But why would we, if we really truly knew their story and where they're coming from, do you really want to provide space to someone who's always been neglected? Exactly. Oh, man. And I think about that in my adult life when someone says, do you want some space? I'm like, I, no, actually, I don't. And I'm able to communicate that now. And that's my responsibility. But as a youth, I'm sitting up there like, honestly, where I come from, I can't let them, these people see me break. I can't. That's all I have. My tears are from me. When they see these tears, I'm over, they have full control. That's what I was taught. So I'm not shedding tears. To this day, it's, it's sometimes difficult for, um, to let one out, you know, to let a few tears out. It's difficult. But mm-hmm. I was taught if those tears fall, they own you. Yeah. So no, I'm not showing remorse. So no, no in the way that you want to see it. <laughs> so again, we, we look at youth and we, if we don't really understand their story. And according to... <laughs> I, I got to get into the stats. Got to get into the yeah, stats nice. and throw a few out. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, um, and you guys can go on there. Um, I'll you know throw out the resource at the end. Eleven percent of youth have a mood disorder, and this is taken from 2015. Mm. One in five children, ages between 13 and 18, have or will have a serious mental illness. One in five. One in five in adults. It's one in four. Sheesh. Well, of course, of course. And we it, have it, bills. <laughs> Yo, come Man, on. We have bills. 20% of youth ages 13 to 18 live with a mental condition right now, mental health condition right now. Jeez. 50% of all lifetime cases of mental illness begin by age 14 and 75% by the age of 24. 14 and 24, both before the, your frontal lobe. Um, finishes developing. Look, I don't know where. I, I and I know we don't have the resources sometimes to find this out. And the reason for this topic, the reason for this podcast, is just for we, so we can talk about it. It's just so we can talk about it beyond our our observation with the youth. Be, beyond what we know, what the typical youth, the average person. What about the person that's in front of you? And here's a very scary, a very scary stat, is that suicide is the third leading cause of death in youth between the ages of 10 and, and 24. Ten? They say 24. 10. God. Third leading cause. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Like, when will we realize it's, oh, no, no now's the time to talk about it. Now. Now is the time to introduce a young person to 
the language to speak about it, the security to talk about it, uh, mm-hmm. the, the 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 room and space to not to not understand. Now mm-hmm. is time. Now is the time. And, and I know, I know, again, my siblings have kids. I've worked with kids. And how many times, and we even said it, we're just acting out. But let's define what acting out is for that specific youth in front of you. Mm-hmm. What, is, what, is, what is the function of this, what we call acting out? What, what are they being served by, act, by acting out? Why do they feel they need to do this to receive whatever comes next? <laughs> That's it's, the question that we need to be asking. Because it's it from 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 my work, most youth, because of, and, and we're talking Western society, so American, it's a reward system. You literally pick up the 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 reward system uh, habit. Right. A young person understands the give and take of the reward system. Absolutely. So, acting out is in a sense acting out is an expression to receive a certain a certain means a certain end it's i I, am not i'm not a a parent so i don't want to do the you know parents should and could and things i'm just saying it with youth being in your environment and i and i can't begin to really fully understand what it takes to be a parent and to raise a child what i'm encouraging all adults that have youth in their environment is to talk about it Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so many times, specifically in black communities and black households, <laughs> it's you're just, you're just getting a look. <laughs> right. You get a look, and that's it. That's like a whole paragraph. A look can sum up a day. <laughs> Jeez. In, in, in black households. But what I'm asking adults, again, that have youth in their environment, to talk about it. And, and until, again, until you look back, on your past yourself as an adult it's going to be very difficult for you to talk to the youth about what they're experiencing right now so it starts with us right as adults it starts with us but if if we really think (laughs) that the youth are the future i mean and they're going to help us you know do all these great things in the world why not provide them with the support to do so it's our duty it's our responsibility it's 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 so unfortunate how many times you hear, you know, like, because I said so, or that's just them, you know, they're just feeling sad, or they're being pouty, or they're just, you know, again, acting out because such and such. But where do they learn this behavior? What, what's the function of this behavior? <laughs> what supports this behavior? Mm-hmm. Another fact, another stat. of those who died by suicide had an underlying mental illness. We're missing a lot. We're missing a lot. It's, it's alarming. It's, it's so alarming in my experience working with youth at an alternative school as an intern. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to, you know, to try to guide them because again, you're in a process hopefully of guiding yourself Mm-hmm. through this thing called life and to extend that to someone you know that help that acknowledgement that presence um can be a lot but it's required it's necessary it's our responsibility to do so absolutely and it's it's more of an incentive 
to lock down one mental health as a practice, mental uh, understanding and awareness of your own men- mental health, the, finding the support you need, your responsibility to acquire support systems, so that by habit it trickles down. Like just like in in the stories in our experiences that Asia and I share, it's a trickle down. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we received was because you know, like my father's anxiety is it came down to me, and I am sure that he lived a life that that put anxiety into him about this or set him up an environment or a childhood or circumstance that set him up to pass that down. So right. just as that can be moved and shifted, so can positive and healthy habits and positive and healthy actions to support the youth. So the better we're at at it, mm-hmm. the better they will be supported. Yeah, whatever we don't deal with, they will. Mm, man. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what we're going to do. Because this is ongoing. Uh, youth, youth mental health is a, is, is a topic that is ongoing. I'm going to I have a large uh, network of, of young young people um, that that I am honored to be connected with and be a part of their journey. I'm reaching out to them. Uh, and so we're going to ask questions of our youth of what's important to them about about youth mental health, about their mental health. What questions do they know? What, what do you want to know? Do you care? We'll figure right. out. We'll figure out what to ask. Calling all adults that are listening. Calling all adults that are listening and have friends that haven't touched an episode yet. Calling whoever mm-hmm. adult. Ask us. Ask more questions. What is important to you about youth mental health? What things do you not know about uh, mental health uh, in our youth? Right. How Why can don't you y'all better support? Yes. Yeah. Ask. Ask if you if there's any trepidation, if there's any fear, if there's any ask. Let's get the conversation going. Not to say we have all the answers, but guess who's fearless enough to present the question to, you know, and, and as a platform. Absolutely. Get, you know, lend your voice. We'll do the running around. All you have to do is just ask. I'm willing. <laughs> That's what this podcast is for. We're willing to do the run around until we're running around together. Mm-hmm. Just lend your voice. Ask a question. Let's just start this discussion. You, we have no idea where this thing where it could go, but we need others to chime in and ask the questions that they're unsure of or just make statements (laughs) criticize just provide feedback so we can create this discussion we're gonna always ask and plead go ahead my bad i just no no go ahead i was gonna go down um some of the warning signs um for youth that are experiencing mental illness take it or mental health issues um so one of them feeling sad or withdrawn, and we. I, this is very similar to the warning signs that I mentioned, I believe, in episode two of how to identify the possibility of someone struggling with mental health. Um, out of another one, out of control, risk-taking behaviors that can cause harm to themselves or others. Another sudden, overwhelming fear for no reason. Sometimes with a racing heart, physical discomfort, or fast breathing. Um, extreme difficulty in concentrating or staying <laughs> it, there's this all of these things i'm reading i'm like everyone i think can say like yeah my kid possibly mm-hmm. my kid possibly to some extent but these are the things it, we have to stop thinking that we are the exception and start realizing that we may be the rule mm-hmm. we may be the rule everyone thinks they're exception the exception to the these stats but if that's the case What's the rule? <laughs> if everyone is exempt. <laughs> right. Who's the percentage then? Who? Yeah, who? Like how? 
Yeah. It, it's so important to acknowledge that some of the things that you can do as a parent or as an adult that, you know, supports youth is talk to their pediatrician, talk to their primary care doctor, get them a referral to talk to a mental health specialist. And a guidance counselor can be a starter. It's a starter. But someone outside the school, someone outside the home, work with the school, show up to the school. Make time for the youth. Connect with other families who are struggling with similar things that may have resources to provide you with. Get busy. Get busy. We got any resources for them, eh? Yes, 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 we do. All right. So, again, National um, Institute of Mental Health, their website is www.nimh.nih.gov. Um, you go on that website tons and tons and tons of stats um obviously if you're looking for something more specific you could type that into um to google there's another website for adolescent mental health basics it's just, it's hhs.gov um the prevalence you know when these things take place just again more stats you can go to youth.gov uh, it's all over the place it, and that's the thing too just getting you know information for black mental health that was beyond difficult beyond difficult it had a really hard time finding any statistics for black mental health however from youth mental health is out there i think everyone knows they need help but are we helping them and if so how how can we continue how can we get more on board to do so beautiful beautiful so look you heard the challenges going out check the resources out Questions coming, uh, check us out at, at uh, Talk About It Podcast, TLK About It Podcast on Instagram, uh, Talk About It Mental Health uh, on Facebook, like us so we, we can we can share um, that way if Facebook is your uh, vice, uh, and email talkmentalhealthsports uh, at gmail.com if you are really, really keyboard jamming. So look, <laughs> next week we'll be back. Again, we're back. We're here weekly. Tune in. Share out. Uh, episodes one through this is episode seven so one through seven if you know somebody that might be interested in listening and you've listened you know reach one teach one or whatever that the, the, the rhyme scheme it takes um to get the listeners up in the conversation going yes absolutely again always appreciate y'all thank you guys for tuning in continue to engage with us on our social media sites and let's continue this discussion we need y'all to do so though let's do it all right we'll see y'all next week Ready, y'all. following podcast is part of the underdog sports podcasting network for a full list of our shows as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com